Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. myself and a bunch of staff, we went to Denver, and we met with a bunch of other churches who were kind of like New Abbey. Uh, Ten years ago when we started, there wasn't a bunch out there, by the way. Uh, It was kind of an odd thing that in places like Los Angeles and New York, there wasn't more progressive, inclusive, and affirming churches. And there's still not as many as you would think. Uh, And so just finding like churches and friends who are out there is incredible, and it's just continued to inspire us uh, for what we're doing here and how we can be a resource to those other faith communities around the country and honestly around the world. And what we landed on for a vision is just these words, is beauty, truth, and goodness. And everything that we do this year is going to be through that lens. We want to do events through those lens. We want to build community through that lens. We're going to talk about life and God and being human through that lens. Because who wants to argue with that? Who doesn't want more beauty? Who's like, I want less truth in my life? (laughs) Yeah, some of you actually are like, I actually want less truth in my life. Yeah, I would prefer you don't tell me anything. Uh, Who doesn't want more goodness? And so we're going to share those things with one another. And so for the first three weeks of the year, we're going to go through beauty and truth and goodness. And then we're going to do it all over again through a different lens and through Black History Month. Uh, And then we're going to do it all over again through a different lens and through Lent and through suffering and through grief. We're going to do it all over again through resurrection and through hope. We're going to keep coming back to this lens and how we see the world and how we see Jesus in this way of following Jesus. And so we're just really excited to share that with one another. Music auditions, so in this community, you all know William, he's not here today, he's speaking at the Queer Christian Conference in DC, which is awesome right now, Uh, but William has just done a really incredible job of providing a vision for music. Uh, He's just got a lot of experience, he knows a lot of incredible people, and so something that we've been working on is trying to create stability. Uh, As you know about this community, we're kind of organic, Uh, we kind of sometimes have things together, not all of the time, Uh, and he's really helped create that, and now we're at the point of Uh, just really bringing other people in our community into that. So many of you have just incredible skills and abilities, musically, instrumentally, vocally. And so if you want to participate in that, we have auditions coming up, and we would love to invite you into that journey and kind of where we're going, and just for you to be able to share that with our community. Uh, Smaller groups are coming. Most importantly, what we need right now are leaders. So here's the deal that we get emailed about multiple times a week, every week for since the beginning of time. People are looking for community. In order for us to have community, we need leaders to help lead that community. You may say to yourself, I don't know how to lead. My place isn't big enough. Nah, you're fine. You're great. Your place is plenty big enough. If you just meet in a closet, fantastic. Uh, All you can do is really you can show up and you can literally talk about the two questions that we talked about on Sundays. 
Uh, we already live in a space where we facilitate conversation, and I think when we just show up for one another, that's what we need. I have had multiple people say, like, I live in Santa Monica, and I need to know more people. There's 30 people who live in Santa Monica in our community. We need a leader there. I got someone else saying, we live in Sierra Madre. By the way, that's the opposite side to the universe, by the way. Um, we have 20 people who live in Sierra Madre. We have 30 people who live in Long Beach. We have people who live all over the city and county of Los Angeles and the OC. And so wherever you're at, I promise you, there are people in that area who are also looking for a community, and we would love for you to consider hosting. Uh, it's just a, a big deal, and it's not a forever thing. We give you an out. By Memorial Day, if for some reason these people are not your people, we're going to give you the out. I'm like, oh, it's just... Sorry, the group ends on Memorial Day, guys. We just don't get to see each other anymore. And perhaps you find some of your best friends or maybe that special person. Well, you're welcome. You see what I'm saying? It could be anything. But you got to take that risk. Uh, what else we got going on? Sunday lunch program on the 29th, which is the last Sunday of this month. We are partnering with Glendale Presbyterian Church across the street. Uh, they do a feeding program all throughout the month of January and July, I believe. Uh, we partnered with them for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll also partner with them in March again for families uh, who, are not ex who don't have housing uh, across the street. So we have all these different programs, but this is one that's a little bit bigger where we can help out. Uh, if you're available, basically just handing out food for an hour directly after our gathering, and it's right across the street, so you don't have to do much for that. Um, and then understanding money course, again, something that we are committed to here in this community is uh, just helping people understand money more. We understand that financial literacy isn't something that everyone grew up with. And so if you're just at a place where you want to know a little bit more and get some help, this is free, by the way. Uh, this guy does this for like Stanford University and Vanderbilt and like large corporations, and he does it for New Abbey for free. And then he provides free one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you out and to understand your finances, debt, and to eventually help you save and so you can be in a healthier place. Because we all know that it is cheap and affordable to live in Los Angeles. Uh, and with that, is that all of them? Okay, here's the last one. Great news. At the end of last year, we were looking to raise $60,000. That $60,000 wasn't to get ahead. That $60,000 was really just to get back to zero. Uh, and so that we can have all of the resources that we need uh, to move into the new year. Uh, we sent out an email like December 27th because we had raised half of that money. And uh, by the end of the year, we've raised all the money. Um, you are clapping for yourself or for somebody next to you, which is amazing, uh, because that's how it works here. Uh, the church, the money doesn't go to a brand. The money goes to us as an organism, as an organization, as people. And so thank you for all of the ways that you stepped up, whether that gift was a uh, dollar or $10,000. Uh, we all have different means and abilities to give here, and just I'm grateful for the ways that you've participated and that we were able to do that. Um, we're replanning and rethinking, envisioning what we're going to do with that money this year and where we want to go. Uh, because over the last three years, we've kind of been in a similar spot where we kind of go into a deficit, fancy way of saying we lose money every month, and at the end of the year, we cross our fingers, throw a prayer up, and ask you all, can we make it? And we've done it every year, praise God, uh, but it's stressful, just so you know. And so we're going to probably reduce that budget a little bit and just try to think about new ways of how we're going to handle money. Uh, and as always, if you know a billionaire or two, please <laughs> send them my way. I am looking for new friends. Um, <laughs> with three commas. And so, uh, with that, if you want to give to New Abbey, you can text New Abbey one word to 77977. Uh, we believe in what we're doing with our money here and the mission that we have. 
Uh, and we would just ask that if you're a part of this community, uh, that you participate in some way, uh, that you value this place. And like any organization or home, uh, we got bills to pay and things to do, and uh, that's just part of the real uh, piece of, of what it means to be a church. And also, and I say this very clearly, if you've tuned out for everything else, if you're one of those people and you just barely made it through the new year and you're struggling, you're like, man, financial literacy class is great, give money, I got nothing, I'm struggling here, would you please email us at info at newabbey.org? We would love to find a way to support you. Uh, if you can't pay your bills, then I can pay my bills, and we're not honestly living into unity in Jesus together. Uh, and so we want to do that well. Uh, and if you need help, we want to support you in that and figure out a way. So with that, my friends, uh, at New Abbey, we believe in conversation, and we believe that God is speaking through each and every one of us. You don't come to this place so that I can be your new Bible answer man. Uh, you don't come to this place so that you can find a new external authority in your life. Uh, you come to this place so that you can trust what God's already doing within you and that God is already moving in your life, and we're going to grow in that together, and God's speaking through you. And so with that, if you find three or four people around you and answer this question with one another, where do you or have you experienced beauty? Enjoy.
We are going to come back together. We're going to come back together. At this point of his life, he was old. And he was experiencing the world in a different way now, just reminiscing and reflecting on all that had been given to him. That his life had been very different before, and now this. And it's the holidays, and everyone is around, and he could just experience all of the beauty that was around him just smelling the food in a different way, reflecting on how good life has been, seeing grandchildren run around, seeing the smiles on their faces, experiencing the joy of this time of year, just wondering to himself what life would have been like if he didn't meet him that day. And so for this man, even though he was getting older, his eyes, they never wavered. And he kept thinking about that moment and how it happened, and this is the story. Follow along with me in Mark chapter 8. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside of the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes, by the way, that's weird. Yeah. It's just normal. Like sometimes you just read things in the Bible, and it's okay to say, it's just a cultural thing. Yeah. And I'm so glad that's not my culture. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, they didn't have global pandemics. And put his hands on him. And Jesus asked, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, and they look like trees walking around. And who says that God doesn't have a sense of humor? <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite passages in the Bible, just for that. I'm like, you read like all these theologians and all these commentators and people who've got a lot of PhDs and they're all trying to answer this question, and you're like trying to think about Jesus and who God is, and you're like, the man just saw trees. It's just funny. Like, if you don't laugh, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, it's just such a good thing. What an odd, weird story in the Bible that we get to be a part of. And once more, right, because you got to do it twice uh, for whatever reason, uh, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then his eyes were opened, and his sight was restored. This is my favorite line, and he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. A couple beautiful things about the passage before we get into the thing. Sometimes I think the Bible's intimidating for people. And we, like, we make it too theological or too difficult, or you've heard enough pastors and we're so busy talking about the Greek. Like, well, 2,000 years ago, the second plural version of this word, and you're just like, no, nah, I don't even have a relationship to this thing. But sometimes we just need to simplify it and just say, hey, what's like the classic observations that you have of the story? And for me, it's pretty simple in a lot of ways. One of those things is like, oh my gosh, Jesus just wanted to heal this man. And if it's true that Jesus wanted to heal him, what if it's just true that Jesus just wants to heal me? Ugh. What if I don't even need anything more from it than that? We talk about in here all the time, don't take the Bible literally, take it seriously. Sometimes in communities of faith where they take it literally, everybody's trying to heal a blind person and it's problematic and it's charismatic and then it doesn't happen and woo, I don't know if you've been in that place, I'm just talking about a friend's trauma, not mine. <laughs> Instead of, oh, there's just a God out there who wants to see us healed, oh, uh, that's how I see God. That makes sense. Oh, Jesus wants us to see. Oh, there's a version of the story. Jesus doesn't want us to like see, see, experience the world. Jesus wants us to like see in a deeper way. How many of us have been there that we got out of bed but we weren't awake? 
How many of us have been there that we didn't see clearly what was happening in our life or in that relationship or what was going on? How many of you have been there that beauty was right in front of you, but you were so stressed out, you were so distracted, your addiction was flaring, life was difficult, you were angry, you were mad, and you missed all of the holidays with the kids? How many of us have been there? That's what I love about these Jesus stories is they're simple at the most basic level. There's a God out there who just simply wants to heal us, and there's a God out there who knows this. When you are healed and when you feel safe, then you see the world in a different way. How many of you have been hurt and you saw the world in a very particular way? And then you got healed and it was all fresh all over again. And that's what we want. We don't want to see the world through a hurt lens. We want to see the world through a lens that is healed. We want to see the world clearly as it is. And that's what I love about Jesus and about this story. And if we can just hold those basic truths, then I think that we can engage it in a different way. So if we're going to talk about some things, if we're going to talk about beauty today, we're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk about blindness. And if we can do that, then I got to tell you a story about my kid, Caden. If we can do that, Avatar. Yes. Great. Half of you, the other half of like, whatever. Hey, here's the deal. James Cameron made a billion dollars, so good on him, right? If you kept making a billion dollars, would you keep making the same exact thing? Hell yeah. It's called Fast and Furious movies. Some of you, that cut deep. If we can talk about Avatar, then we can talk about tricycles. And if we can talk about tricycles, then some beauty and truth and goodness. And if we can talk about beauty, truth, and goodness, then we'll talk about God gratitude. If we can do that, we'll do some affirmations. And then at the very end, we're going to do some blessings. So from blindness to blessings, my friends, reclaim some words. Thank you for the one woo out there. I will take it. The thing about this story that I love is that a person sees clearly, and that to see clearly is I believe that God wants us to actually see some things. One of the things I think that God wants us to see in the world is to actually see beauty. What I love about beauty is it's not defined by any one person. Beauty is defined by you and your experience. The beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder. The beauty is something that we can take on on any moment. The beauty is rooted in our experiences more than it's rooted in anything else. That you get to choose that. That you can redefine what beauty is in the world. Why that's important is that it's not conceptual, but it is a choice. You can choose beauty at any time and place in your life. And the power of beauty is that it's not a concept. Beauty is something that you actually experience. For many of us in the worlds of faith, experience is something that we were told were wrong. Somehow we were taught to believe that everything should come through a lens of the Bible and that we can't trust our experiences and we can't trust what's going on, that there's something depraved about us or wrong with us and that we're really, this experience doesn't even matter. We're just trying to get out of here and get to heaven one day. Great. Let's throw all that away and start over in a little bit. And some of that is, no, your experience is fantastic. Your experience is good. Your experience is the lens in which you see the world. Your experience is everything. Richard Rohr talks about it in this way. He says, imagine life is like a tricycle. Uh, the back two wheels of the tricycle are scriptures and tradition. And in the life of Christianity for 2,000 years, we have debated those two things. Protestants are over here saying, Scripture is everything and you must know the Bible. And then Catholics and Orthodox are over here saying, no, tradition is everything and you must follow the tradition and the leader or whatever the thing is. But the truth is, is that the front wheel is your experience. The front wheel is guiding you. 
Scripture and tradition are a basis to help you understand your experience and to give you stability, but they are not the end-all, be-all. Both groups are honestly idolatrous with it in some ways. Jesus says these words, You weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. Protestants need to hear it this way. You were not made for the Bible. The Bible was made for you. If it is not helpful for you and just becomes hurtful for you, then you need to re-understand that thing. And maybe that's where you need tradition to help guide you. Or maybe that's where you learn to trust your experience and what is more beautiful and true and good in the world. And that's what we do in this place. We know that scripture and tradition are crucial for our lives. You're choosing to be in a church on a Sunday morning, by the way. But what we're teaching you here is that out of those things that they would both teach you to trust your own internal authority more. Because that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus didn't come and say, let's put on some Sunday school classes. Jesus said, come and let's go live into our experiences in the world. I will show you how to follow me when you come and actually follow me in the real world. And so we are reimagining always what it means to trust our experiences, to trust the beauty and the truth and the goodness that is inside each and every one of us. Sometimes we don't trust our experiences because sometimes our experiences give us limiting voices. They tell us different things about our lives that are not true. And so we're constantly in a process of transforming and growing to trust where we're at. That's what I love about the story is part of what the story is saying is that there are times in our life in which we are blind. That's okay. That's a part of your human experience. Your experience is not to be perfect. In fact, I think if we should move away from that language, we would embrace the difficulty and the pain and the suffering that is often just a part of what it means to be human. What I love about kids is that kids experience the beauty of this world because they don't have all of the other stuff that we're carrying around. Kids aren't carrying their family baggage in the same way. Kids aren't experiencing addiction in the same way. Kids aren't stressed out about the mortgage, thankfully. Kids aren't stressed out about certain finances in some ways. Kids just see the world and they experience it with their five senses and they allow us to see and to wake up into ways that we haven't. I remember when Caden, my oldest kid, was like two, he just would see the world and hear the world and experience the world with fresh eyes. I just remember fire trucks. Every fire truck for miles and miles around, he would just hear it and know it and his whole body would light up that there's a fire truck out there, Dad. And it was incredible. And then there was another season in life, doggies. I swear to God, we could be at the Rose Bowl with 100,000 people, and he could spot a doggy like nobody's business. It was just unbelievable. He would go crazy, like, doggy, 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 doggy. And then my favorite thing that he got so excited about was the leaf blower, man. <laughs> he loves gardeners. And every time he would see a gardener, he would say, the leaf blower, man. And he would hear the leaf blower turn on and his ears would perk up and he would just want to go stand there and stare at gardeners blowing leaves. <laughs> and so we bought him a leaf blower for like a year because he just loved the leaf blower, man, so stinking much. The point is that the world has an endless capacity to be beautiful. And sometimes that when we open ourselves up to the rawness of what life is, we experience it in a completely different way. And children teach us that. But we experience the world through our actual senses, through our taste and touch and smell and hearing and seeing. And this is a story that we see of Jesus, that Jesus wants to heal people so that they can see clearly. But I think Jesus wants to heal us not only so that we can see clearly, but that we can experience the world clearly, that we can experience beauty afresh, 
that we can experience beauty in a way that transforms our souls and makes us awake and alive to the goodness that is all around us. And so as we live into 2023, we're going to keep coming back to beauty, truth, and goodness. And if picture it like this, that each of the things reveals the other thing more clearly. That the more beauty you you encounter in the world, the more truth and goodness that you will see. That the more truth that you hold on to in this world, the more that goodness will arise. Right? And the more beauty that will be there. The more that you experience the goodness of God in your life, of course you're going to see beauty in fresh ways and truth ways. And so no matter how you turn that diamond, it's going to be a fresh perspective for us as we look at these bigger stories and as we experience God. And so I just want to do three things as we finish up this morning as I want to think about how we experience beauty in three different ways. First, I want to think about how do we experience beauty with God? I think for so many of us, as we figure out where we're at, maybe in your journey of life, some of you are on some journey of deconstruction, some of you are not at all, some of you are reclaiming or refiguring out aspects of your faith or Christianity, some of you are just excited to be here on a Sunday morning, we all come from different perspectives, but at the end of the day, you chose to show up to a church on a Sunday morning, and I say that all the time because that still blows my mind. I love that you're here, and partly what we want to experience is the beauty of God. Partly why we come into these places is to reverse the amnesia of the world. And there's a moment that we connect with something deeper or truer or about our reality in this space. And when we can connect with it here, by the way, you weren't made for church. Church was made for you. You come here to remind yourselves of what is true in your life and what is beautiful in your life. So we sing certain songs that remind us of who God is and what God has for humanity. So that when we step back out into the rest of our lives, we can say, ah, it's beautiful out there. In this space where I feel safe and where I feel loved and where I feel cared for, I connected with something deeper within me and that thing was God. And now I got to go take with me into the rest of my life a little bit more God into that story. And what I love about the reality of God is that God, it permeates through creation. That the creation is always revealing the creator and the creator is in creation. That even at times where you may forget what it is like to experience God, the reality of the story that we have is you can always open your eyes to creation around you and that God is there. Colossians 1 says this about Jesus. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I'm going to give you a quick uh, class on Greek, just so you know. In Greek, the word all means all. (laughs) So it says all in here a lot to say this, that Jesus is the thing before all time, holds all time, brings it all together, and that Jesus created all things, that there's beauty in all things because Jesus created it which is a way for us to understand this. There's beauty all around us whenever we want to experience it. Even in the worst, most difficult moments of suffering, there's capacity for beauty even to be found there because Jesus holds all things together. And you know that to be true because in the good times, you see those all things in front of your face. And we work towards transformation and maturity and healing in our life so that we can see all of the beauty even in the times of difficulty. And the truth is this for all of you artists in the room, and thank God we're in Los Angeles, it's lots of you, is that some of the best art is made in the most difficult times. In fact, we would probably say it is, because we see beauty even there. 
So whenever you forget in yourself what beauty is there, trust that it is in all things in every aspect of your life. And so I have one practice to put with that. And that practice is simply this. To experience beauty in God, would you begin to practice gratitude? Would you simply just start saying thank you when you awaken to those moments? Maybe you're just going for a hike and you just see the sunrise in a different way. This morning I had gone up and I had gone outside to the garage and the sun was just barely coming up over the trees. I just had that moment, probably because I was getting ready to preach on it, so I had to have a little, you know, experiential <laughs> moment here. Where I was like, oh my God. Sunrises and sunsets have been happening for billions of years. It's incredible. Sometimes it's in my kids and the way that they play with one another. Oh my God, look at the beauty that's right there. For like years, I have this tradition uh, when I like get ready for sermons in the morning. I get up like early and like I go to my garage and like do a thing. Like I sit in the shower and pray. TMI, sorry for the visual, but you get the point. <laughs> Is I have this like moment with God, and every morning, and I and I don't even know where this started. Carissa would just start bringing me coffee and breakfast in the shower. What a thing! <laughs> and this morning, because I was practicing this, I was just like, oh my God, like. I don't know when you started this, but thank you? <laughs> I know I said thank you before, but like truly thank you. That there's just beauty everywhere, even in the mundane, and we don't always see it. But as you do see it, would you just call it out loud and say, thank you, God. And I bet the more that you say thank you, God, the more opportunities that you're just going to see beauty in your life. So if we can experience beauty in God by practicing some gratitude, can we also experience beauty in others? What I believe that it's true about the world is that the more we experience the beauty in God, the more that we begin to see it in all of creation. And that when we see beauty in other people and in creation, we are way less likely to hurt that thing. When you see something beautiful, you don't want to damage it. There's like something innate with us that we want to like crush roses or something like that. You don't like see a puppy and you're like, ah, harm. No, you're like, oh my God, that is beautiful. That there's something within us. And so what happens if we begin to have eyes to see that there is beauty in this person? What happens when we have eyes to see that there's beauty all around us? Imagine the ways that we'll continue to treat them. We're in an incredible time in history right now because we're being told that the world has been so beautiful and so good to us, but we're not treating it well. And we're all awaking up to that reality in a different way that we can't keep treating this beautiful thing like this. If we keep treating this beautiful thing like this, it might not be here for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren in the same way. We're waking up to systemic issues saying, oh my gosh, there's powerful groups and not powerful groups. There's cultural issues. There's racism in America. And if we don't begin to see the beauty in each and every one of us, we're going to continue to hurt one another and damage one another. And that's not what I want for my humanity. That there's beauty everywhere, and the more that we see beauty in our brothers and our sisters, the less likely we are to damage them. And here's a really selfish reason to do it as well. When you practice that, it's less likely they're going to hurt you as well. Because your healing is my healing, and my healing is your healing, and our healing is the healing of the world. And when we practice seeing beauty in one another, it will change everything. And so we can practice seeing beauty in one another by simply offering affirmations. Maybe there's just one person in your life today that you need to offer an affirmation to for the beauty that they just bring into your life. They give gratitude to God for all of the ways that God just gives you an entire cosmos filled of creation, which all things are held together to bring beauty. And then would you think about those people in your life who you just want to practice affirmation with? What if you just tried that in 2023? Every day you just picked one person. 
Maybe like it's a really close person, you're like, I'm going to give them a whole week of this goodness. <laughs> Mark Fields is sitting over here. He's one of my brothers who gives the greatest affirmations, man. Oh, I didn't even know I was going to say this, but I just see love looking at you, and now I'm going to get all emotional. <laughs> man, I ran the New York City Marathon like two months ago, and Mark had left me this voice message texting. I'm a boomer. What is it called? Thank you. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's called an iPhone. It's technology. He sent me a letter. It's <laughs> exactly how I wanted to receive messages. And I didn't get to hear it until the end of the race. And like it was a horrible race. Some of you know that story. Some of you don't. It doesn't matter. It was a really, really bad experience. And I'm just laying there at the end of the day, dying in my bed, I think. And I just pressed this voice message. And it was just this beautiful affirmation of my humanity. And he had no idea the race that I was going to go through. This sounds like so overly spiritual, Pastor. Like, the race that I was going to go through. <laughs> but really was a race that I went through that was bad. And he just kept saying in this voicemail that he sent at the head of the race that I never even got to hear, of course you're made to finish this thing, Corey. You're so resilient. The things that you create. It was just this powerful affirmation of who I am. And I had made it through one of the most difficult runs, the most difficult run of my life, and to hear it after the fact, to say, even though I was running that race, there was somebody else who believed the best in me. Man, we all want that in our lives. We all want to be surrounded by family and friends who believe the beauty that is absolutely within us. And so maybe right now in your life, you're just going to think about that one person who you're going to offer an affirmation to today, and you're going to practice bringing affirmation in whatever you do. And so if we can experience beauty in God, if we can experience beauty in one another's, then it may be the most practical thing for all of us, because we are all, are all our favorite subjects is ourselves. <laughs> then we can experience the beauty within ourselves. And I think experience beauty within ourselves comes in a bunch of different ways, but it's part of just trusting who you are, trusting that you're good. The things that we talk about here in every week, I say this very seriously, it takes a long time to unwind many of the messaging that we all received from different church environments that we grew up in. If you receive messaging that you were bad, some like weird theology that says, God wanted God's son to die because of how horrible you are. You're like, that is weird. <laughs> Instead of, no, 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 Jesus came to initiate Jesus' kingdom in this world, which reminds us of our goodness, which reminds us of incarnation. And the cross is a part of that to remind us that the God doesn't suffer for us, but with us is a much more beautiful and robust and honestly orthodox theology. And so we just have a different way of seeing the world. Would you begin to trust that you are good? Would you begin to trust the beauty that is within you? Would you begin to trust that you've made it this far? And if you've made it here, imagine where else you can go. Uh, I had like wild anxiety over Christmas break. Christmas break, I have kids, that's how you know. <laughs> and I had a great friend who said to me, you know, anxiety is just the reality that we have fear of the future, that our future self won't be able to handle whatever that moment is that we're anxious about. But the truth of it is, is that your current self can already handle this. So imagine what your future self can handle. Your current self got you to this place with all of the beauty, with all of the goodness, with all of the difficulty. And if your present self is this good to get you here, imagine how strong your future self is. Imagine how powerful your future self is. Imagine the beauty that your future self sees in you and in the world. 
Don't be anxious about the future. Trust that your future is even better than it is now. Not because of some prosperity gospel blessing, but because you're good. Because you've made it this far. Because God has been with you. Because there's others around you who have supported you. And you get to support them. And that's the beautiful life that we get to live into. That's the future that I want to live into. And so I want to end with a blessing and a practice with all of us. So if you do this with me, would you close your eyes? Would you take your hands, would you fold them, and maybe just place them on your belly button? If this is a little too woo-woo for you and you're uncomfortable, that's okay. You don't have to do it. But maybe give it a shot. But even as you place your hands over your belly button, you're literally placing it at the center of your body. And maybe just feel your body as you breathe in and as you breathe out. Would you just experience the beauty that's in your body? That this body got you here. Maybe for you as you're sitting here and as you're breathing in and out, maybe it's a hand that you need to place on the heart. Maybe it's a hand that you place on your head. It's that you just feel that there's other places of you that need to be reminded of your beauty of your goodness, of the truth that is within you. And as you move into 2023, would you trust your experience? Would you trust all of the ways that God has been good and that God has got you to this moment and to this day? And would you trust that God has beautifully got you to this point and that God will get you to the next point? Would you begin to trust your experience in new ways? May you believe, may you experience that 2023 gets to offer more beauty than anything that you've ever experienced before. That this year you'll move from blindness to seeing more clearly. Maybe you'll see more clearly than you've ever seen before. That maybe the future is just filled with all kinds of goodness and hope in ways that you've never imagined. And as we breathe in and as we breathe out with one another, God, we ask for your goodness over our lives. God, we give you gratitude and thanks that we're here. God, we give you gratitude and thanks that you hold all creation together. We give you gratitude, God, that all around us is beauty all of the time. Would you give us eyes to see? Would you give us ears to hear new beauty in 2023? Would we taste of beauty in ways that we never have before? Would we feel it? Would we experience it with all of our senses? Would we be present to this incredible life that you've given us? God, we thank you for the good people that are in our lives who've shown us beauty, who've reminded us of the truths of who we are. And God, we're so grateful for the opportunity to remind them of how beautiful that they are in our lives, that we get to do this work of good news together. And God, we thank you that we can sit here with ourselves and be reminded that we're just thankful that we've made it this far, God. And we're so excited for all that's ahead. So God, we pray a blessing over every person that's in this room. God, that we all sit here with one another, hopeful and excited in a new year. And God, would you give us eyes to experience new beauty in fresh ways. In Jesus' name, amen. If you find those same groups you had before, would you answer this question? How can you practice experiencing beauty in 2023? Enjoy.
Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.